0: Um, Good morning, everybody. My name's Caleb, uh, and Rachel and I are doing halves and halves this morning. So uh, we don't normally do this, but so you can imagine our delight as church filled to capacity. (laughs) Trust this week to be the biggest service of January. Uh, But if you're a visitor here this morning, it's always, there's always this amount of people in January. We're good attenders in January. Uh, Thank you, God. Father, I just pray right now for Rachel and I, Father, just that uh, that what you've put in our heart will land Father, in our friends' hearts this morning and that whatever needs to fall to the ground will fall to the ground and that you'll give all of us in the room the wisdom, Lord God, and the sensitivity to know the difference. Thank you, Jesus. And I just also want to add thank you to Pip and James and Fenner because you guys, that was amazing worship. And I'm on the worship band and I just, like, when we come to worship in church, there's a space that's been built for us you know we come up two flights of stairs and we enter what used to be an office building but actually in the lead up to a sunday morning Fenner and james this morning and pip they built the walls they built this wall they built this wall that wall that wall they put these pillars up for us they put a ceiling on it and they created a physical space they created an environment for us to come and abide with god And that's just so special, right? I mean, that's a hard thing to do. And it's something that we do for ourselves and we should do more of for ourselves, which is what we'll be talking about today. But it just really struck me during that. Um, Thank you guys for building this place for us. Because without that, without the invitation of the spirit to invite, inviting God's spirit to come in and invite him to be in this place, this is just a gray building. Um, So thanks guys. Love it. Right, so James asked us to talk from John 15 um, with the idea of abiding in God um, as we kind of go through January and we're looking af- forward to the year ahead and maybe hopefully looking forward to it, maybe not. I'll just do a time check so I don't soak up all the time. There we go. All right, cool. Um, and so Rachel and I, I'm going to kind of intro a little bit and then Rachel will follow up at the end. Um, so, the first thing that struck me about the word "abiding" was the first thing I thought of was um, abode." What is an ab- I abide in? I abide in my abode, and my abode is my home it 's where I live um, it 's where I spend a lot of my time um, i 'd like to spend more <laughs> there <laughs> it 's nice being at home isn 't it um, but that 's where I live those are it 's a space it 's a place it 's an in space as opposed to an out space. Uh, it's filled with the people that I abide with. So my wife, Rachel, you'll meet shortly, our children, our friends, and our family that come into that space, and all of the factors that we invite into our abode. They come in, and they abide with us. So everything in our home and in your home has been selected, has been chosen, whether... um, deliberately, you know, I've chosen this sofa to come into my house because I love it, it feels like a me kind of sofa, or whether it's just like uh, unwittingly, unconsciously, well, I started watching this show, and I watched three three episodes of it, and I can't stop now, even though maybe if I analysed it, I maybe wouldn't have invited it, but I did, I've invited it into my abode, and now I'm abiding with it. So, it's physical stuff, it's... uh, people, it's our practices, it's the way we talk to each other, it's the way we think about each other, it's the jokes we tell, it's the stories we tell, it's the silent times where we don't say anything at all, it's the times we have confrontations, it's I mean you think about your life at home and what that is made up of, we all have one right Um, and what actually constitutes our daily life, that is where we abide, That that is our abode Um, So I'm kind of thinking, okay, that all makes a lot of sense. It's it's quite a, you know, that's, that's, I abide in that. And so what am I trying to achieve when I'm thinking about abiding in God? Um, So, and and something that struck me was that invitation Um, and this kind of this uh, chicken egg thing where if we want to be abiding in God, then we first have to invite him to abide in us. And so it's kind of like, I'll invite you in and then you fill me up, and then I'll actually be in you, because I invited you in, and you filled me up and overtook me, and so that's kind of like the end game for Christians, right, that's what we're trying to achieve, we're trying to invite Christ in, and then let him take over every part, and get so big that he swallows us up like a giant marshmallow, and we're in the middle, and so we're in him, and he's in us, we're in him, and he's in us, and does that make sense? Good. Good. (sighs) <sighs> marshmallows, yeah, I got someone with marshmallows. Am I talking too fast? I do that. Good, good, good. Okay, cool. Um, so, uh, we all have a home. Um, I'm not talking about homelessness today, but you know, there are people who are unfortunate or, or, or they're in a situation where they don't have a physical home, but they're in a space. Every human occupies a certain space, and most of us in this room, I would think, all of us have a, a place or a physical place where we think of as our home. And that's the people and the items and the space and the architecture, the building, that's our home. And so as it relates to kind of what we're talking about today, I was thinking, you know, um, we, we, if I inhabit a space then I'm not inhabiting another space. So, you know, I'm over here in A, then by virtue of that, I'm not in B. But if I'm in B, then I'm not in A, right? Rachel always used to say this when we were travelling, about, you know, you go overseas and you get quite a lot of FOMO because you want to see everything. And she always used to calm me down and say, well, look, you can't, every time you're not seeing this, it's because you're actually seeing this, you know? Um so just remember to breathe a little bit eh before I pass out <laughs> Normally um normally on a Sunday uh well during the preaching I'm often out with the toddlers and rug rockers and already you have surpassed the attention engagement level it's quite unusual and it's freaking me out (laughs) by this stage normally you will have all wandered off to play with the duplo and that will be it this is like there's a magic four minutes and then that's over so congratulations everybody this is already a win (laughs) Um, so we're inviting him in so so what I mean by that is if we're abiding in God then by virtue of that we've decided that we are not abiding in Dun-dun-dun, the big W. What's the opposite? It's the world. The world. Anybody freaked out by that? The world. So, you know, we're abiding in God. I've decided I'm abiding in God. That means my decision is to not abide in the world because it says, you know, you are in this world, but you're not of it. You're in it, but you're not of it. So my decision, I'm going to abide in God. And all my micro decisions will be pointed in that direction. So simple, right? Right? Here we all are in the middle, you know, a little bit here. On this, very clear. On this, maybe a little murky. You know, there's so many factors in life where we're like, I know that I say, but yesterday I did. Tomorrow I'll definitely, but when tomorrow comes, I totally, you know, it's so... It's the crisis of human life. It would be so much easier, wouldn't it? If you could just, like we do, where you go, I'm going to live in this town, therefore I don't live in this town. Job done. Clear as, clear as. Like, you can't live in two places at once physically. However, you can in your spiritual life. You live right in the grey area where you're not kind of doing either very well. And that's kind of quite us, isn't it, as humans? despite ourselves Um, we are going to inhabit a space it's in the nature of us we will so whether it's here or whether it's there we're kidding ourselves if we're not making a choice because we're making a choice every single day with our decisions and our micro decisions and our thoughts and just the way we kind of make our trajectory through life John 4, remain in me as I also remain in you. Remain in me and I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, it must remain in the vine. Sorry, this is my. <laughs> when I read stories to the kids, I always leave gaps so they can put a word in. So, again, quite a juvenile person uh, living a small child's life. Um, neither can you bear fruit. Unless you remain in me, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain. Remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this, that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. I want to be pleased with you. I want to be so proud of you. This is, you know, I want to be thrilled with you. I want to love you and I want your joy to be matched with mine because you feel amazing because you're doing the right stuff and I feel amazing because you're doing the right stuff. You've made a choice and it's clear in your mind. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first because if it hates you, sorry that was me that bit, if you belonged in the world, it would love you as its own. If those guys liked you, if they clicked with you, if they connected with you, it would be because you would be one of them right? That's, I hate using the us and them idea, but does that make sense? If we felt comfortable in this space, that would be because we had chosen to live here full time. So just a little health check there. As it is, you do not belong in the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. So another couple of things that occurred to me was this kind of active, passive idea, where abiding, it sounds quite passive, doesn't it? Just abide, just be, just be. Am I doing it? Can you see me? Am I existing? Yep, I'm just doing it. It's very passive, because I'm just standing here. But to get to that space um, requires an active element as well. It's active and passive at the same time. It's super active in that we are required to actively make decisions and invite to allow, uh, to pursue God, to select Him every day, to allow Him to be vulnerable, to open up, to not hide things. So that's really active, right? And it hurts quite a lot. It's quite painful sometimes and difficult to maintain. Yeah, biscuit! And it's very passive as well. He's stoked because I said no biscuits, and he's just managed to get biscuits. (laughs) So, point to Remy. And it's so passive because also what we're looking for is that beingness of just being in this space and feeling so at home in it, right? Like we are in our own homes. It's not an active thing to just stay home, right? It's it's comfortable. You know you're safe. You're secure. You can trust the people around you. It's it's passive. It's a, it's a passive space unless you're having a scrap or something. Um, so we're looking for a level of all-filling intimacy. That um, and Wayne said this to Rachel and I last week, which was really important. Um, but we're looking for a level with God of an all-filling intimacy. That sanctifies everything we do. So, this space that we're in, there's a lot of mundane stuff in life, but we want to sanctify that for God's glory. All of it, all of it. You know, changing sheets, hanging them out, changing nappies, um, kissing a child on the head, putting the rubbish out, um, being kind with our, our wives and husbands and friends and dishes and cleaning the shower drain. I put that in there on purpose because I hate it so much. Vacuuming. Because I put that on there because I never do it. So we're looking for like a domesticity, right? A real domestic level of kind of being from a really active series of decision making that is is relentless because it has to be a daily or weekly kind of like I choose, I choose, I choose, I choose, I choose. I choose actively to get to this passive space of being, of abiding, of abiding, of abiding, of abiding. I've built a home here. I've made my nest. This is where I am from. This is where I go out from and return to. Intimacy, domesticity lived in this. It's not formal. It's not based on making appointments. It's constant. It's sometimes confrontational. Sometimes it's silent. It's sometimes you know. It's like if you if you are married or have been married. You know, kind of this. Or you know, you're just in a in a relationship with someone that you've lived with, whether it's a flatmate or anything. There's a level of um, of intimacy that you come to after a while where you just, you can not talk for hours, or you can talk and talk and talk and never shut up, or you can have a big fight, or you can watch an entire season of a TV show and eat chips and do nothing, Or, you know, just like jump into the garden. You know, there's this kind of thing where you get to, there's an outsider, you invite the outsider in, and then over a certain process, that insider becomes a part of you. So much that you don't really consider too much of them as another factor. They're just part of you. And when I'm away from our home... Uh, Rachel's in my mind, you know, I'm, we text every day and you're, not, you're thinking about them, what their day's like and you're, you're always checking in, there's always this person in your mind, your family, your children, what's going on over there, you know, we're separated but we're still together. Two biscuits, wow. Someone's trying to buy your good behaviour. <laughs> um, So it's, I love this, whenever I apologise to Rachel, it's normally I'm apologising for uh, like microaggressions, right? It's not like I've come right out and said something really hurtful and painful. Sometimes that happens. But normally in a relationship where you live with someone, it's all about these little microaggressions, you know? These little things that don't really quantify much on their own, but when you add them up, you're like, there's a thing, I don't know what it is, what is it about? It's not about you know, not making you a cup of tea. It's about actually something else. So it's microaggressions, microaffections. Um, It's not just one big call that we're making here in January that's going to wipe out the whole year. But daily we're choosing to invite, to allow, to share, to consult, to make vulnerable ourselves to God and not hide from him. Um, Something that really, um, I think the most important thing I took away from last week, Marty there he is, and it was like, it was a throwaway line, but it just went smack right in the middle of my head, and James said to Marty, oh, so when you're waiting on God, because Marty's like the king of waiting on God, so which is why we would just like, tell us, tell us, great sage, and he shared, he shared some really important stuff, and the thing that stuck in my, stuck in my heart was when James said, what do you do, Um, do you, like, if you feel like you're in, having, you've made space to be Uh, with God, and you've kind of built the architecture of it with maybe some worship, so you've had some worship by yourself, and you're kind of building an environment, a space to abide with God, and then you're kind of just there alone, and Marty said, well, I just wait for him to arrive, and I was like, oh, oh, yeah, (laughs) you know, James and I, uh, we know this place, and it has cheap pizza, and it's great pizza, they do like cheap pizza once, uh, a month on the second. No, they do cheap pizza every weekday, but they have $2 coffees once a month on the second. So we go and we get this great lunch, $7 lunch, two slices of pizza, a $2 coffee, and hang out every month. So when me and him have made a plan to do that, and I'm at Tommy Millions, hot tip, you should write that, you should write that down, um, and I'm here, I've made an appointment with James and we're gonna hang out and have a yarn and have some lunch, James doesn't turn up, then I just order my pizza, order my coffee, I'll eat it, I'll drink it, whatever I was going to talk about with James, I'll just start talking about it, just be like, so I've had a few things on my mind, James, talking to no one, having a munch, James is not present, you know, I've made an appointment with James and he's not here and yet I'm running through the agenda. I'm ticking off all the boxes of all the things I wanted to talk to James about, like that joke was a bit off-colour last Sunday. Um, Maybe you should just leave the jokes to someone else. Are you ever going to wear pants to church instead of shorts? It's great to have a pastor who's a 12-year-old boy, isn't it? (laughs) T-shirt and shorts. It's like, this is not the January dress code, it's the... See, they love my joke. But <laughs> I'm, all, I'm into Rachel time now, so I'm going to move along. I've made an appointment with God, and I'm sitting down in the morning, and I'm going, right, time alone with God. I've got my Bible, I've got a cup of tea, I've been playing, you know, uh, this album, and it's like it's got me in a space, I'm ready, and he's not here yet. Um, but I really need to do this because I've got... Probably 12 minutes before the kids start wanting second breakfast, and uh, I've got to get ready for this, and I've got to do this, and I want to have a run before I go to work, and I've got to catch a train. Blah blah blah. So okay, I'll st- actually I'll just start without him. What? You know wh- what Marty said was I just wait. It's so obvious, you know. Time with God isn't time with God if God's not there. If you're not abiding with God because he's not even, you know, he's always with us. But, you know, what we're talking about is when He, you feel him come in and you feel him being with you in that space, abiding with you, abiding with you. And that just, man, it hit me between the eyes. It's like, just wait. What is the point of running through all of this stuff? You're reading and you're praying. and you're you know, If God's not, if you don't feel connected to the Father, because the benefit of that time is the time spent together. The benefit of me having lunch with James is, the pizza, in time with James. And it's talking to him and, and he'll talk about what's going on with him and I'll talk about what's going on with me and we might have solutions to some things and we might not. We might just listen to each other and might not talk about anything serious at all. We might just have pizza. But the benefit of doing that at all is being in the same space together and abiding with each other. And so, Marty, I just really want to thank you for that because it was just like so valuable. It's like, oh, you know, you get caught up with the checklist of the stuff you need to be doing, but really, you know what? Abiding with God, it's all in the name. It's all in the name. Build a place, inhabit it, be there, make room for Him. So, sure I haven't listed anything up. Cool. So, uh, Rachel and I, uh, I'm going to hand over to my wife now, Rachel, if you want to. Here she comes. 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 So my uh, segment of today uh, is kind of along the lines of what is abiding in God, am I doing it, which I've just covered, Rachel's taking over with the questions, why should I, why do I, what is abiding in God, am I doing it, and then why should I, why don't I, Um, so here we go, Rachel. Hello, I've
1: got a big Bible, large print. That's what my mother-in-law gave me, not because I'm, well, I am visually impaired, but that's what contact lenses are for. All right, John 15, found the right chapter now. And I think I'm okay, thank you. So, yeah, yeah, just the presence of God that you left behind, I'm just soaking it up, yeah. Um, Remain in me, yes. Remain in me, it's attachment and drawing from the source in John 15. Hi, everybody. I was pretending you weren't there for a minute, but you're there. Um, Cool. Uh, Yes, attached and drawing from the source. I just want to point out uh, that Jesus said, he is the vine and we are the branches, or he said, I am the vine and you are the branches. To give a different emphasis, I am the vine and you are the branches. (laughs) which is really important when you come to speak like this, because you're like, am I prepared? Have I got enough to say? Have I got anything to say? Is it going you know, to be uh, a place where people can meet with God? Can I bring that? And then you realise that I'm a branch, not the vine, and his power and his love and his word is what the source is. So it takes a little bit of pressure off um, being here. And as Caleb said, when we abide, we dwell somewhere, we in a an boat, and we are in, in an abode, and that's where we go out from. That's where we look out from. That's where we see the world from. So it's like everything that we need from the vine, the love, the power, anything that we're lacking in our life, the confidence, the words, um, peace. That's our source, um, and that's where we get it from. I just thought it's a quite a. a, a a good emphasis to remember because um, sometimes I think we think we are the vine it, in a pr- proud way but also in a not proud way where you're like, oh my gosh, I haven't, I haven't done enough to save the world, you know, I've got to be a better Christian, I've got to do more or, or be more and then it's like, no, I'm a branch, he's the vine. Um, so that's cool. So what was my thing again? How? Why? Why should I? Why should I? <coughs> Why should I? Why don't I? Cool. Um, John 15 says many times to remain in me and I'll remain in you. Quite a lot of times. When I was studying history um, at uni, there was like a nice little buzz phrase among many that the lecturers or the tutors like to bring out, and that was like, we need to read against the text, which means, if if you may realise, but um, it's fairly obvious, but just because something is there a lot in a text or there a lot in a, in a resource or whatever you're reading doesn't mean that that's the facts about the time. It could actually mean that there was a, an appalling lack of whatever. Like if there was like a huge thing about women being appropriately dressed in public, it might not mean that that was happening in that society. It might mean that actually everyone was you know, not in their mind appropriately dressed and so they were trying to bring that in. Um, and so I just think that when we read John 15, we can see that it's really important to God, but we can also maybe think that it's actually not a natural state for us to abide in him. Because, you know, like it's like Caleb says, it's a decision that we can make once, but then have to remake heaps of times, because um, it's, I, I think, I for me anyway, I might be just talking to myself, it's not a state that comes naturally. You know, like my mind, I know, just goes every which way. You know, like, I'm like, God says this, and then I'm like, oh, but what about this? What about that? I worry about this. I've stayed up all night thinking about this. What if that happens? Ah, you know? Um, And I think that, like, that can be where we live naturally, um, and that is why, um, you know, God was, Jesus was saying so many times, um, remain in me, abide in me, abide in me, and I'll abide in you, you know, like and just repeated it, abide in my love to us, because he knew what we are like, Um, and what, you know, we stray so easily, I just had a real revelation this year of how uh, in a a certain area of my life, my mind had strayed so far, that, um, you know, like God had to really come after me and show me, you know, like you've gone so far away from what I've said on this aspect, you know, Um, and I think that, you know, it's, yeah, it's something we do easily. Um, Isaiah 53 verse... Six, which is what I thought of when I thought of how easily we stray, is that we're all like sheep have gone astray. Now, uh, sheep are mentioned quite a lot in the Bible, apparently more than any other animal, as many as 500 times, according to Google, but as little as 200, but still a lot, hundreds of times, I think we can safely say, and you probably um, know. And like many of those times it's referring to us. Uh, now, sheep are, hands up who has never met a sheep. In New Zealand it's pretty common my friend in Japan my friend my sister was talking to a friend in Japan and she said someone was talking about sheep and like, oh yeah so they're so cuddly and peaceful and she, my sister was like what they're not cuddly and peaceful um, they're part of maybe a peaceful scene but the animals themselves are super scatty and they wander off and they're distractible and they get anxious and nervous real quick you know like they're jumping you can the eyes roll and if you ever tried pushing a sheep in one direction it will go that way, that way, Um, and they, like, do what's bad for them all over the road all the time, you know, and you're like, why don't you just run to the side, and they're running in front of the car, like this, because that's how sheep run, no, they're running in front of the car, there we go, Um, and you're like, just get off the road, Um, so, yeah, not the smartest animals, in fact, I think I remember seeing a thing when I was looking at some brains pictures. In my spare time, no. When I when I was studying, um, and the sheep's brain is very smooth and quite small. And smooth means less surface space means less intelligence, basically, you know, in a in a basic sense. I think they've got pretty small, pretty average brains. Um, and that's what God says we're like. So ta-da. Um, But it's kind of true, right? Like how many times have you like gone, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I did it again. I did it again. I did it again. I did it again. Um, Like Caleb says, every day we're kind of like, we're over in B instead of A. And you're like, I know this. I know this is not good for me. I know that I don't need to worry about this. I'm worrying about it again. And God said already, da, da, da. Um, And I think, so it's a bit of an accurate description in that sense. So then, if that's our natural state, how do we live and how do we remain? Um, and I know you, a lot of you will know this, but John 10, uh, which I'll look it up because a little bit earlier in John. Um, uh, um, the shepherd of Jesus, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought them all out, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him which I quite like that last little bit. Um, So imprint, learn his voice and follow. And that's what abiding is about um, because you you go deep into the presence of God. You listen to what he says. We start to recognize, because sometimes, I don't know about you, but I sometimes think, am I, is this God, you know? Or just, you know, or is this God, you know? But then you start to spend a lot of time with him and you start to think, no, that's not because I recognise that that's that or that's this or that's just me because that's what I want. Um, or you recognise, yes, that's God. And sometimes even, the, you know, it's, we kind of think, oh, you know, we listen to good stuff for us thinking it's God, and, but sometimes we actually listen to bad stuff for us thinking that it's God. We actually listen to things um, that are sort of hurtful or sort of, um, you know, maybe seem like something bad's coming and we think that's God. Um, even though, you know, in His word, that's not what it says. Um, so it's really important both ways to, yeah, to to spin. And I'm, you know, obviously talking to myself as well. I've just had a yeah, you know, like a big experience this year of of really thinking. Oh, I was listening to that for years, and some of my friends I've talked to about it. I thought God was trying to kill me. Um, which you know is you know silly when you say it, but I thought you know you know I just you know like God's all about sacrifice. That's what's going to happen, you know, da, da 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 da. And so I lived in fear of death um, until, yeah, as I said, my thoughts had gone so far astray there. Um, until He showed me, and I really really felt like a situation of you know that dumb sheep that's wandered off and gotten stuck somewhere, and like seriously stuck. And God came after me, and He's so good like that that He comes after us like a shepherd. Um, so Psalm 46, I'm just going to read the whole Psalm because, yeah, we have so much going on in the world and not all of it's imagined, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, we worry about things that are false and we worry about things that will never happen, but some of the things do happen and are happening in our world today, I mean, you know, last night, earthquake, you know, they are genuinely worrying, (laughs) we've seen, you know, like, you Yes, there's things that we fear that will never happen, the things that we don't need to worry about, things that hold us back that are false, but then, you know, like you look around, you know, people have bad things happen in their life, the world can be a, is a scary place, um, close and far. How do we live in that world but not be of it? How do we abide and have peace and, and joy in it? Um, and I just wanted to read this psalm that really, and it's similar to one that Fenner read, which is cool. Um... Psalm forty six God is our refuge and strength in ever present help and trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way, and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her, she will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. Nations are in uproar and kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth mounts. The Lord Almighty is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear, you know, maybe update the weapons, but, it's you know, God is powerful, basically. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us and the God of Jacob is our fortress. And obviously, we take out of that chapter, be still and know that I am God. But, like, looking at the whole thing, it's not just about, you know, just shush and listen to God. It's also about how powerful He is and how much in control He is and how much um, He is with us and He is, you know, within us and He is around us and surrounding us. And He's a real safe place to abide, Um, not just spiritually, but also in reality, which is amazing and something that is. yeah, hard to stay in, but good to keep coming back to and become a habit and learn that voice um, and be still and know and the thing I also liked about that is that you can know it, and I think through well different places in your Christian life, you can be afraid that it's not true, you can be afraid you know you can you can doubt if you're not Marty um, you know like there's there's amazing people have that real amazing childlike faith, which is amazing, but for the rest of us. <laughs> Um, for others, it's like you can go through a time of doubting or, or just worrying maybe that, oh no, what if I, if I have staked my life on isn't real? And then you're like, what if I can never know? But I think you can know. I think, well, it says you can know. So you can actually know to 100% um, that he is God and not just think or hope that he is God and not just be told that he is God. But you can know it and that comes from that abiding and that's why that repetition of abide in me is, is, is there maybe so that we can really live in that because, you know, the, the, the stuff out there can be real and the things we worry about in our head can be hard to just put aside, um, but there is a place that we can abide with peace and um, knowledge of God and knowledge of his voice, which is very reassuring, which leaves lots of time for the main thing I was going to say, <laughs> which the rest of that is not so important. <laughs> Take a cry, um, and it's something that I feel like I'm like a reasonably quiet person, and apparently have quite a resting stink face <laughs> apparently I've been told um but when I come into church, I just um often just feel like how much God loves us all individually, and I look around and you would probably never know it, but um I just think, man, he just loves us all individually. Each one of us is so special to him. And I think, you know, like we can not abide by, you know, being distracted, ticking off boxes. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I've done a Bible study, that's time with God. And it's not bad to do Bible study, but it's not abiding with him and and waiting for him to show up. Um... And I think that's one of the things that can stop us. And also, sin in our life—we're ashamed. We don't want—you know—we don't want to change something. We're hanging on to something, or unforgiveness. We hang on to unforgiveness, and that can stop us abiding with Him too. But there's another thing, um, which, as I said, I've been working on this year, and that's lies about God that stop us abiding. That maybe He doesn't want to meet us, or He doesn't think we're important. Um, he doesn't answer us. He doesn't. He wants to take away my life. You know. And not give it which is you know a lie um that that he doesn't want us to be happy or maybe that he wants to take away things that make us happy like i think we have we can have this um idea that i remember (laughs) growing up there was kind of like you know quite a strong youth culture or at least that i was involved in in church and one of the things i think especially the girls worrying about was god was going to make them marry someone terrible because that would be you know his will for your life but it was like you know like that's that could be a genuine fear. Or that it's going to send you somewhere you, you hate. You know, there's lots of stories like that. And I think maybe when telling these stories, people miss out that it actually turns out they love it. Um, but like, the, you know, there can be this sense that if I really let go my life to God and, and abide in him, I'm going to end up somewhere and, and, you know, something will happen that, you know, and we forget that, that God would, uh, has plans that are good for us. And we um, we think that he's actually just not that into us. Um, that you know we just do our thing, and we turn up, and he's like, "Cool, yeah, you came, yeah, cool man." And we forget um, to read Song of Songs, which tells us how much that he loves us, and how much he's always waiting for us to come away with him, and just to be with him without any you know any agendas and without any ticking of boxes. Or he doesn't probably care if we do tick boxes. It's just like he just wants to be with us. Um, He just is always saying to each one of you, you know, and us, how much he loves us, and we don't have to convince him. We don't have to be like, you know, if I show him I'm really um, committed and i wait forever, you know, he might turn up. He's actually, you know, just like really hanging out and waiting at the door, Metaphorical door, um, you know, and, and, and you know, like maybe it was checking out are they for the karma, are they abiding or are they off doing bits and pieces? Um, you know, and it's not, as it um, whoever said, it's not about always about like the the space, physical space that we're in, but he's always like checking are they in the space with me in their day to day life? Are they talking to me? Like yesterday when I was doing the dishes, and then you know, I couldn't do the dishes anymore because I'd put a song on. And it just like overwhelmed me, and I was just like sitting on the floor, and I'm like, the the date life is burning, but I couldn't get up for a minute. You know, like it doesn't. It, it, it's you know, and that when you're preparing for a message, you're kind of in that space because you're like scared. Um, but it's actually a good place to be all the time, just abiding with him and thinking, thinking on that, thinking on him, and, and then he meets you all the time, um, because he loves it. That's what I was saying. It's because he loves us, um, and. We don't have to choose him, because in John 15:16 it actually says, "I, you did not choose me, I chose you." So even the, the the decision to abide with him, you know, he's actually even gone so far as to choose that for us. Um, 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 so many ums, and if we could just, I think, really grasp that and sense his love and how much he, he yeah, like read Song of Songs again. I really loved it when I was little, and then. When I understood all the metaphors, it kind of put me off a bit. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) but if you just try and read it without, you know, going to the, um, it's actually a beautiful, you know, like, why is it there? It's not just there for making jokes. It's actually there because God wants us to know um, how deep and how passionate his love is for us. Um, And so, yeah, there's a bit of homework for you. Try and read that and just let God talk to you through it with, with his love this week. And then it becomes, yeah, such a delight to abide with him, such a, uh, honestly, you know, like we carry around these worries and these sometimes heaviness in our heart. And we don't have to carry them because when you're in his presence and that's like the worship team does creates that for us, but we can have that, um, that peace and that joy uh, for real in our like, day-to-day life you know, out of the world, but in it, because we understand, and we hear his voice, and everything we look at and we see, we hear his voice, and he leads us, and, you know, we're like sheep, but we like, we know this much if we hear his voice, that's where we want to be, and that comes through abiding and learning it, and, you know, just going back there time and time again, and then learning, you know, to let his love abide in us, and, and then we abide in his love, because love is the greatest. Thank
0: you. Thank um, you. So just from here here through, we're going to just put some music on and create this space which already exists of of abiding. And um, if you want to come forward and just abide in this space, you are, are welcome to. Another idea that occurred to me while we were doing this was this idea, and it popped into my head probably from some movie that Rachel made me watch sometime. And it was a, it was it's this idea of this it's an old term. I cannot abide. I cannot abide that person. I cannot abide this person. I cannot abide that thing. And I was like, why is that? And I'm, it's it's tolerate. I cannot tolerate that and so we just kind of want to if anything that Rachel or I have said to you this morning and you want to come up here and kind of um, abide with God a little bit then come on up if there's something that you cannot abide taking into 2020 come on up if there's any of um, that decision making that you need to do come on up if it's a big one if it's a little one what if I was here 24 7 what if I turned my back on here any of that has spoken to you this morning, then this is going to be a a space that has been being built all morning long. So don't waste the opportunity. If if you want us to pray for you, we obviously will. But um, otherwise, just come and be and abide with God.
1: Yeah, and just also something that I feel like we could pray for is the fears that hold us back from abiding with God. And I know um, Johnny said last week that this is a year to get rid of fear. You don't actually have to live with it. Um, So if there's something that you know you've maybe believed that has held you back from abiding with him, then we can pray for that together.
0: Yeah, Father, we just thank you, Father, for your presence, for your spirit. Uh, We thank you for your word, Lord God, which... We share with each other in this space every week, Lord God, and we just thank you that you've opened our hearts and we just pray that whatever has gone in, you'll seal, Lord God. And Father, whatever you're about to put in, Father, you'll bless in Jesus' name.
1: Yeah.